Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. Sometimes I think you come across a story and it touches you in a way that you really want to share that story with as many people as possible. And when I was looking up some things today on the internet regarding adoption, I came across a story about a Nashville couple. And it's one of those that really got to me. And I I found so many messages and so many underlying things in their story that I wanted to make sure that we could share it with everybody. This is a story from Tennessean.com. At first, songwriter Sean McConnell was extremely afraid of adopting an infant with profound cerebral palsy. But now he and his wife can't imagine life without their daughter, Abby. The boxes about disabilities tripped them up. The young couple, who started dating while both attended Middle Tennessee State University, decided they wanted to adopt, like some friends of theirs, they wanted to adopt from the West African country of Ghana. On forms, they indicated they'd take a child ranging in age from newborn to five years old. They'd even take two of them if they were siblings. Then there were questions about adopting children with disabilities and differences. Check here if you consider a child with a missing limb, with a cleft palate, with Down syndrome, with mental health issues, with developmental disabilities. It gave us pause, said Sean McConnell, a Grammy-nominated songwriter who penned the Little Big Town hit Daughters. We're in our mid-twenties. It's like, I don't know if we can handle this. I don't know what this looks like, he said. McConnell and his wife, Mary Susan, sat with the paperwork for weeks, unsure how to answer those tough questions. Eventually, we checked boxes for things we felt familiar with. No major disabilities. A short time later, though, Mary Susan, scrolling online late night through the agency's children, saw a picture of a tiny, 10-month-old baby with the most beautiful eyes. The information listed said the baby girl had profound cerebral palsy and that many other health issues could pop up as the baby ages. I knew immediately I had a deep connection with this child, Mary Susan McConnell said. Suddenly, those boxes didn't matter. She shook her husband awake at 3 a.m. to show him the picture of the 10-month-old. That launched their 2011 journey to say yes to a girl they knew likely would never talk, never walk, never be able to hug them, never be able to eat without a feeding tube. I remember feeling a connection right away, Sean McConnell said, but I was extremely afraid, very afraid. I can't imagine how. 
The McConnells literally were fulfilling one of Mary Susan's childhood dreams. I had a dream one night that I was holding a toddler I knew had been adopted, she said, and I felt very attached to this child. Since that night, Mary Susan McConnell always wanted to adopt. When she married her college sweetheart in 2005, the two didn't talk much about kids. But when they decided to have children several years later, Sean McConnell also bought into adoption. The McConnells wanted to give a home to a baby or young child who might have a hard time finding one. They expanded their search to other countries to give themselves a bigger pool of children. On their chosen adoption coordinator's blog, the description of the 10-month-old girl with beautiful eyes read something like, We're looking for a family for this girl who likely has profound cerebral palsy and microcephaly, a smaller-than-expected brain. You're going into this not knowing what her health is. You'll have to be okay with this mystery. It was an immediate connection for Mary Susan McConnell, but her husband needed time to make this decision. Yes, there's a connection with this soul, he said, but I can't imagine how we can take this on. This is definitely intense. The couple connected with pediatricians at Vanderbilt University Medical Center and with other friends who were raising children with cerebral palsy. The doctors eventually confirmed it was likely the infant would always be nonverbal, would need lifelong care, would need a feeding tube. When they present you with a list of disabilities, it makes you look inwardly at yourself, Sean McConnell said. It was a deep dive into what I thought I was capable of and praying as much as I could, God, I'm so scared and I love this child. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. The songwriter said he also spent time quietly listening for the answer. Eventually, he said, I felt a peace, not a lack of fear, but a peace that this, this is your child. Go do it. It wasn't until their third trip to Africa that they got to bring home Abiella, whom they call Abi. As the paperwork was being processed, the McConnells flew to Ghana for a week to meet Abi and spend some time with the infant. Abi, swaddled in a white blanket, smiled big when she was put into her future mother's arms. The McConnells were overjoyed and relieved that Abi could express happiness. They spent two to three hours with Abi at the orphanage each day for five days. In those moments, it felt very peaceful, just a feeling of overwhelming love, Sean McConnell said. There's so much worrying on the other side trying to get paperwork ready. So to have your hands on her and hold her finally was such an amazing moment. As the couple packed to board the plane back to the United States, they sobbed in their hotel room, heartbroken to be leaving the girl behind. We forget sometimes she's nonverbal. The first time Abby went into her crib in Tennessee, the girl kicked and laughed hysterically. There were also bouts of crying and acid reflux, and the sleep-deprived first-time parents hung on her every giggle, whimper, cough, and gasp. That weekend was very emotional, Sean McConnell said. A nine-day inpatient evaluation answered many of their questions, and the parents since have developed a solid network of educators, caregivers, therapists, babysitters, doctors, and nurses to stay on top of Abby's needs. That network also allows the McConnell space to have careers. Mary Susan McConnell has a Mama Bear podcast for parents of children with disabilities, and date nights and the occasional vacation by themselves. Abby attends school, goes horseback riding, loves music, including her dad's songs, and enjoys strolls with her parents on their country property. Her parents always assume age competency, so they talk to her like they'd talk to a 10-year-old child. But they concede that Abby sometimes struggles to find ways to communicate. As technology improves, though, the McConnells are hopeful that Abby will be able to communicate more and more effectively. Most times, though, the parents and child understand each other just fine. She's extremely expressive. Although she's nonverbal technically, she's extremely verbal with a huge personality, her father said. 
Her sense of humor is hilarious and sometimes beyond her age. She's vocal when she doesn't like something. She makes sweet sounds when they're reading or cuddling with her. We forget sometimes that she's nonverbal. We talk to each other every day. The McConnell said the voice that first told them to adopt AB 10 years ago has never left them. We feel like we are the luckiest parents in the entire world, Sean McConnell said. There are absolutely intense and scary parts of being a parent to someone who has disabilities, but so much magic has come along with it. Although she has hard days and hard seasons, AB is the most purely joyful soul I've ever experienced. So, Ron, when you when you first read this story, what where did it grab you? You know, it really does grab you on so many levels, but uh, I think one thing that struck me was how the uh, the adopting father there, Sean, he didn't jump right into this. You know, he wasn't gung-ho at first. He was like, I feel this connection, but I don't know if I could handle this and how we'll deal with this situation. And obviously, I haven't been in this situation, but I think that's how I would feel at the time, too, because it seems so daunting but wow, what a blessing that they've got, gotten through this adoption for the past 10 years. It's amazing. It brings tears to your eyes. Just starting to talk about it, I, I get a little choked up here. And uh, yeah, I think they're amazing people. I agree with you. When I was reading it and the wife was talking about how she saw this picture of this little baby with the beautiful eyes and she immediately felt a connection. I think women do go on that emotion. And mm -hmm. I, I could see myself doing that same thing where, you know, when, when you make a decision and you're emotional, it's like everything else will fall into place. Like where there's a will, there's a way. And I think that, um, you know, very much she acted in a way that many women would also act in. And I think you're right. I think from a man's perspective, it's more of a, you know, let's investigate this and let's look a little bit further and let's get some more information and, and gather more before we make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I think that the combination of the two different personalities and perspectives are really what made this story so phenomenal and, and gave it such an incredible depth to it because it wasn't just adopting a child with special needs it's the forethought and the afterthought that they put into it and 10 years later where they are with this child and wanting to share their story and explain how much value and it's it's not that this child is just so blessed it's that they are just as equally blessed as an adoptive family to have her as she is to have that and so I think that it really sheds so much light onto adoption and what both sides of the triad bring to the table for each other. Absolutely. Like the idea that even though this girl is nonverbal, they still communicate and they forget, quote unquote, that she's nonverbal at times. I wish I could be this great of a person. And I, you know, I just, I'm just amazed by him. You know, I really hope that the, when people read these these stories in adoption and, you know, by reading it and sharing their story, I hope it's looked upon as we're celebrating, you know, what they have done and hopefully others will follow suit. I also, I, I hope that by people learning of their story, it will make them 
less afraid when they hear obstacles in their own lives, mm -hmm. whether it be in adoption or something else, and look at it like even when you are up against a hurdle that seems insurmountable, there may be so many blessings surrounding that. And maybe there is a bigger reason for you going through that. You know, when, when people begin the adoption journey, a lot of times they will have seen, you know, lifetime movies or heard stories from a family or friend uh, member that had a, you know, had an amazing adoption story and it was picture perfect and it was, you know, one for the stars and there were, there was no um, bumpy roads or anything. It was just smooth sailing. And maybe their own adoption journey isn't quite as smooth as they would have wanted it to be. And so when they're in the middle of their adoption journey and that road is long and it's got lots of hills and it's rocky, maybe reading stories like this, where this is not, when, when a couple starts to adopt, they, you know, he said this wasn't necessarily what they were initially looking for to bring, you know, into their family. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is where they they fell in love and, and chose this this beautiful child, and yet they couldn't be happier. You know, it. So I guess this is another story that that shows us how adoption. It's not just about the child and becoming parents. It's about the journey and what you put into that journey emotion wise and thought wise and planning and, and, you know, talking with doctors and, and all sorts of, of moving pieces. And I think that it's just a really good example of how sometimes, you know, when you begin a journey, you have an expectation and by the end of your journey, you know, the expectations out the window and you've gone a completely different path than you originally intended to, but you couldn't be happier. I just think that there's so many lights that come into the story that we can all take from. Well, when I look at a story, you know, you always see the Hallmark Channel stories and things like this. Like you said, those don't touch me the way that something like somebody who overcomes adversity and shows true character and, and, strives to do something for the greater good and something that's, you know, better than most people can handle. That's what inspires me. Stories that are perfect are like, okay, that's fine. It's cotton candy. But this, and, and for the fact that it's not just a story, this is a real experience. That's why I love biographies and things about people who can inspire. And these people do. They inspire me to want to be better and to want my son to be better. And you know what I mean? I, it really, it's just touching. I do. And, you know, I also, uh, you know, in reading this story, Mary Susan McConnell, the mother of Abby, uh, also has a podcast, Mama Bear Podcast. And maybe Sometime in the future, she would uh, be a guest on our podcast and we could talk to her more about this amazing story and uh, what she's gone through as an adoptive mom and in what her journey, you know, what she thought it was going to look like when she first started the journey, when they first decided to adopt up until when they changed their original path. And now, like where the differences are and what she's learned and, you know, where she has gained so much 
joy. And you can just see looking at these pictures of this beautiful family, how much happiness they all bring each other. Mm -hmm. I, I think we should reach out to them and try and get her or both of them or whatever on the show. That would be amazing. I don't know if I could get through the show without crying, but I'll, I'll do my you. darndest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll join you. So for all of our listeners out there, um, I really hope that you can get as much out of this story as we have, and hopefully you can share it with those that you love. If you're pregnant and considering adoption, we are here for you and understand what you're going through. We've helped hundreds of women place their babies for adoption, and we want to help you as well. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112, or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.